Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest command in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, may our hearts be prepared to receive this week's message, part one of our series, Better, entitled Priorities by Pastor Don. Thank you. Hello. Forgot my glasses at the table. Oh my goodness, that would have been an absolute tragedy. <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. Uh, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, may these words from my mouth and these meditations of all of our hearts together be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. All right, well, before we get started, I have a couple of quick, I guess, reminders. First of all, I want to talk real quick about uh, the deep dive that comes out on Wednesdays. It comes out in the email blast. It comes out in Facebook. If you haven't been reading those along, it's a fairly quick read, um, and it's a really good reinforcement of the Sunday message, as well as a little bit more insight into the understanding of that message. So, Again, if you get that chance, please check that out. The other thing is a reminder about our Elkoyokes Weekly that comes out on Friday afternoons. Again, if you're not receiving that, please get a hold of Sharla and let her know that you're not receiving that because we have a lot of activities, a lot of things going on. And when we're up here doing announcements, we've had to limit it to two or three. But we have, you know, seven, eight, nine, sometimes ten announcements that we can and should be doing so really keep up on what's coming up down the road at Koyokes. You need to be keeping up with that at Koyokes Weekly. And then, of course, we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit again. I've got um, additional flyers. This is the exercise we talked about a couple weeks ago. We've got those flyers on the back or on the um, desk in the narthex if you haven't gotten one yet and you want to grab one on your way out. All right, well, as mentioned a few weeks ago, we're kicking off this new year with a few sermon series that will kind of set the stage of 2024 to help us really hone in and focus and drive our spiritual growth throughout this year. We really want to really want to have a, a strong foundation as we head into the second half of this year. We know it's an election year. It's going to be tough for us to stay focused on the good, the positive, and the blessings, isn't it? Um, we know how ugly it is has been, and it's only going to get worse um, as we head into this. So we as Christians need to set the bar high for everybody else and make sure we stay focused on God. So, all right, so um, today we're going to be talking about priorities um, and how we can, what we can do to help us um, take a look at our priorities. So let's open our hearts and our minds as we get started. Now, many of you have heard me talk about priorities before. Um, if you've been around the church for a long time, you remember that 
I was kind of the stand-in for Pastor Eric and for Pastor Wade um, when they would be off on New Year's, whatever the New Year's Sunday was. And of course, that's a great time to talk about goals, resolutions, priorities. And, and so not only was I available and willing to, to have that discussion and a message, but that's also something that's near and dear to my heart because I spent a lot of my professional life working for a company called Franklin, and it was time management systems. You guys see me carrying around a little book. I'd like to say it's a Bible. <laughs> that's my planner. Um, and it's not just keeping track of a schedule. That is a life management tool that I use to keep myself focused on priorities I have, short-term, long-term, and life-term priorities. Um, and so, uh, so I really believe in, in this, and so I wanted to go ahead and start our new, our new sermon series called Better Off with Better Priorities. Um, and although, as I said, the Franklin is, is a time management, a schedule um, book company, the driving force is helping people to set up their life's priorities and working those life priorities into daily activities so that they can slowly work towards those goals that they set up for themselves. And, and this, is, this is hard enough to do in good times, but as I said in the, in the Friday of Koyokes Weekly, it's going to be really hard if we don't have a tool like this as we're in a world that is absolutely filled with distractions, constant pursuit of material things, and instant gratification. We've got to be able to stay focused on what we've decided our priorities are. So we're going to start out by watching a short video. So Lonzo, if you want to go ahead and start that. about do, 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 Guys, have we got it? We're good? Uh, it's an email then. If they, they closed it out. Yeah, it's in the email. Well, let's see. <laughs> it's going to be hard without having the video shown. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Well, Here's, here's some news you don't know. I'm sure you probably don't know. But Pam Schaff actually tap dances. So Pam, come on up here. Come on up here. Let's see it. Come on, come on, come on. I know you can. Come on. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> uh, how are we doing back there? 
Well, while we're doing that, I'll talk a little bit about some other things here that we can get through. First of all, um, you guys see my jersey. How many recognize it? Lions and Barry Sanders, absolutely. Um, just a reminder, two weeks from today, I think, is Super Bowl Sunday, isn't it? Or is it three weeks? Two weeks from today. And so uh, that's when... There's a well-known... St- What's that? Oh, that's when the food drive ends. That's also um, uh, when we can... Everyone, encourage everyone, if you've got a jersey, if you've got a favorite home team... Go ahead and wear a jersey. Could be college, could be high school, could be professional. Doesn't have to be football. Um, I know we'll have some, you know, Philadelphia Eagles stuff here. But <laughs> anyway, all right. It looks like we've got it. Okay, here we go. Story about a university professor who wanted to make a point about how we make the most of our time. The professor stood before his class with some items in front of him. When the class began, without speaking, he picked up a large, empty jar and proceeded to fill it with rocks about two inches in diameter. He then asked the students if the jar was full. They agreed that it was full. So the professor then picked up a box of pebbles and poured them into the jar. He shook the jar lightly and watched as the pebbles rolled into the open areas between the rocks. The professor then asked the students again if the jar was full. They chuckled and agreed that it was indeed full this time. The professor picked up a box of sand and poured it into the jar. The sand filled the remaining open areas of the jar. Now, said the professor, I want you to recognize that this jar signifies your life. The rocks are the truly important things, such as family, health and relationships. If all else was lost and only the rocks remained, your life would still be meaningful. The pebbles are the other things that matter in your life, such as work or school. The sand signifies the remaining small stuff and material possessions. If you were to put sand into the jar first, there is no room for the rocks or the pebbles. The same can be applied to your lives. If you spend all your time and energy on the small stuff, you will never have room for the things that are truly important. Pay attention to the things in life that are critical to your happiness and well-being. Take time to look after your health, play with your children, go for a run, write a letter to your grandmother. There will always be time to go to work, clean the house, or watch TV. Take care of the rocks first. The things that really matter set your priorities. The rest is just pebbles and sand. All right. That's the the closest I could find to to what I was looking for. I usually, when I had done this in the past, I actually did the demonstration up here. but, uh, but that suffices. But something this video didn't explain is actually in, in the demonstration, there are three jars. Um, one is half full of the rocks, one is half full of the pebbles, and one is half full of the sand. And you're told to try to fill put as much as you can into it. And, and of course, if you've got three halves, that equals one and a half. So you can't put them all into one jar. All right. So this truth... Um, this is truth in all things that we do that, have, we have a, uh, that we have a limited supply of. So, see, the jar represents the fact that there's a limit to how much of that resource we have. Anyone have an unlimited resource of time? How about energy? I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting tired for a nap already. 
Anybody have an unlimited resource of money? This is one I really want to see because I'll need to meet with you after service. And no. You see, folks, we have limited resources, of, of a limited amount of these resources, and so we've got to make sure we're using the resources we have to do the most important things. Does that make sense? So the learning in this exercise is quite a few. First, and he gave you some of the things that he told you what your priorities were in each one, and that's not actually what we do. You've got to decide on what your highest priorities are. Um, but the learning in this exercise is the importance of making sure we get the big rocks done first. Um, so as many of the big rocks, we need to get that in the jar, right? Whatever it is, whether it's time, money, resources, um, energy, we've got to make sure the important things we decide are important to us in our lives, we have to get those done. Those are important. We've got to spend on those first. And then when we're done with that, then we pour pebbles in. We try to fit as many pebbles in there as we can get because these are like the medium important things in your life. When you can't fit any more pebbles in there, then you go ahead and you dump sand and really shake it to get as much sand in there as you can. And here's the thing, when you're all done with that, hopefully, if you did it right, there's no big rocks left, right? You made sure you did the most important things in your life. That's in there. But you're going to have pebbles left. And you're going to have sand left. And those represent things that maybe you're already doing or maybe that you want to be doing. But because you're doing things that are the most important to you, they don't fit. You don't have the energy. You don't have the bandwidth. You don't have the money to do everything. And so those get left out. And that's part of what it means to be prioritizing. Okay? So by the end of the day, um, by the end of the day today, you'll realize that maybe we're not investing in the important, or, or realize that we aren't maybe investing in the most important things in our lives. But we need to. We need to be doing that. We need to be focusing first to identify what those important things are to us, making sure we're living that life. So let me ask you a question. If after church service, uh, before the council meeting, before the council meeting, um, you come up to me and you say, hey, Pastor Don, um, I'd like to meet with you later today. I'm going to talk about the, the next free yard sale. And I say, oh man, I'm really sorry. I don't have time. Um, you know, we'll, 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 we'll do it later sometime. All right? Is that true what I just said, that I don't have time? Have you ever said, told people that, I don't have time? Do you know what you're really saying? Because if, if that's true, then what that means is one of these days, there's going to be 26 hours in a day. And that I have more time. Right? But other than that, we each get about 24 hours a day every single day until such time as we don't. So for me to say I don't have time, well, no, there's, I've got all the time there is. So what am I really saying there? What I'm saying is, I've got a lot of big rocks I have to take care of today. And because the free yard sale isn't for a couple months, to me that's like pebbles or sand. <laughs> I've got to focus on my big rocks today. Does that make sense? But here's the thing. It's, it's more polite to say, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have time. I wish I could. Rather than me saying, well, not going to do that because I've got more important things to do than sit down and talk to you. <laughs> right? But that's how you prioritize things. You've got to stay focused on your big rocks. 
each and every day, right? And big rocks, we have to decide what they are in our lives, and we got to make sure we give them the time, energy, and resources that they deserve. If they really are important to us, we need to invest in it. There are many places in the Bible that speak to the need for us to prioritize our lives. God knows that if we don't keep the main thing, the main thing, then we'll end up doing lesser things, right? That without focusing on the big rocks, we'll end up spending our day with the pebbles and the sand. You got me still? Part of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus teaches us that we have a tendency to worry about our lives. Remember that part? I'm not going to go through that whole, uh, whole um, scripture, but, you know, don't worry about this. Don't worry about that, right? Maybe some of you can relate right now. We worry about paying bills. We worry about kids or grandkids. We're worried about relationships that are struggling. We worry about what this year brings. But Jesus says that trusting in God can keep worrying from causing us to be paralyzed with fear. In Matthew, I'll pull Matthew 6, verse 33 out of that, out of that section. It says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We must seek God first. Did you hear the language of priority? Jesus tells us that when we seek after a life that pleases God, all the things that, have, that we have a tendency to worry about, some may be big rocks, but many times it's really the pebbles or even the sand that gets us caught up, but they're more likely to fall into place. So let's look at how this might work. Now, before we do, um, we have reviewed it plenty of times recently, and we're going to keep doing this, so get used to it. Um, I want to talk about the fruits of the Spirit. We reviewed the fruits of the Spirit a lot. We had a whole series on it, I think a year and a half ago, and we really dug in deep on each and every item, but if we're working on growing in the fruits of the Spirit, would that lead to a life that pleases God? And the Bible tells us that's how we do it, right? So, so yes, if, we, if we're working on the fruits of the Spirit, that would, that would lead us to a life that pleases God. So I want to talk about, with that in mind, let's, let's talk about this illustration. For instance, if we're worried about our marriage or any type of relationship, all right, could be um, a significant other, could be kid, could be parent, could be friends. If we're worried about a relationship, let's, let's cover these fruits of the Spirit and see what you think. <clears throat> so you tell me, would the relationship be better or worse if we improve in loving others even if they drive us crazy? Would it improve if we shared joy with others? Would it improve if we're feeling a sense of inner peace and calm inside ourselves? Would it improve a relationship if we're giving grace to others and ourselves? But what if we showed kindness and God's love to others? Would that help us in our relationships? If we're more considerate of other feelings, if we're letting the Spirit guide us more, will that tend to improve relationships? 
We're worried about relationships, and that's one of the leading causes of stress and worry. The fruit of the spirits, right down the list, will help us to improve it. You see how that works? How about if you're worried about finances? And first of all, a lot of times you're not worried about money. You're worried about what you need money for, right? To pay the bills, to, to pay the mortgage, to keep the lights on, right? <clears throat> but if you're worried about finances and that's causing stress, let's look at the fruits. Now this verse, just so you know, um, Matthew 6.33, it's not saying that if you put God first you're going to win the lottery, right? And you'll never have to worry about money again. That's not what it's saying. What it's saying is, if you put God first, He'll be with you through your trouble. It doesn't say you won't have trouble. He'll be with you and help you through it. Does that make sense? Everybody with me? All right, so, will it help or hinder us to feel more calm in the midst of challenges and finances if we love unconditionally? If we're actively look, look for joy, even in the midst of challenges, will that help us feel calm in the midst of financial struggles? What about if we are counting our blessings every day? We're focusing on the blessings that we have rather than what we have not. Does that help us feel calm in financial stress? If we truly get comfortable with the fact that we know God's got this, does that help? If we start to trust in God's timing and understand that His timing is perfect and not our timing, does that help us? If we focus on showing others kindness and the love of God instead of focusing on our own wants, needs, desires, does that help us with our stress? If we're being humble, gentle, and controlling our impulses, that last one is a biggie. Will that help us worry less about finances? Those are the fruits of the Spirit again. And by the way, if you're worrying less about finances, does that help your relationships? The fruits of the Spirit is an important key and we're going to keep working on, at least for the immediate future, folks. So as we think about what our priorities are, not what they should be right now. I want you to think about what your priorities are based on what, have, what you've been filling that jar with. What is, what is in that jar that takes all of your time or all of your energy or all of your finances? What's in there? You know, Pastor Ernie used to say all the time, show me your checkbook and I'll tell you what your priorities are. And I know I lost about a third of you when I said checkbook. <laughs> what? but what are we using our resource, our limited resource on? And are all of our important things in there? And if they're not, is it because they're not important to us? Or is it because we don't have a plan that's helping us keep things in there? And even if we um, know what our big rocks are, sometimes we need to prioritize the big rocks because what if two of our big rocks are in conflict with one another? Right? You know, and the Bible can help us with things in general, but especially when it comes to the top ones, in Matthew verse 22, verse 34 through 40, which we was read a couple minutes ago, it says, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, 
the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert of the law, tested him with this question. He said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and prophets hang on these two commands. Now, did you catch the question that the man asked Jesus, that the lawyer asked? He said, what is the greatest commandment? Now, he could have asked it this way. Jesus, what should my highest priority be? What should I make sure that I'm investing time, money, and energy in? I mean, that's really what he was asking, right? And Jesus quotes a command from the Old Testament when he tells him to love God with his heart, soul, and mind. Just love God with all you got. That's first and foremost. You know, how we each choose to do life is as different as, as our appearance, is as different as, as our memories and our histories. But it does reflect how we love God. Again, we don't get to heaven on our works, but if we truly love God and are striving to live a life that pleases God, shouldn't it show in our life the way we live? Our life shouldn't, should be a, a great advertisement for becoming a follower of Jesus Christ, shouldn't it? Can you imagine this? One morning someone knocks on your door and you open it up and there's a TV crew there. And they decided to shoot a an infomercial, right? Day in a life of a Christian. And they're going to broadcast this live to show the world how awesome it is to be a Christian. And that the goal is that everyone who sees that wants to become a Christian based on them following you around all day with a camera. Would people be convinced? Don't worry, I've got work to do too. I've got work to do too. But see, it's not about where you're at right now. It's where you're going. Are you growing? Are you working at it? Keep in mind, God knows we'll never end up being perfect, not until the glorious day. But we need to be working at it. We call that sanctification working each and every day to be a little bit more like Jesus than we were the day before. That's what our, what our goal is each day, right? And getting back to this passage, notice how Jesus ends this conversation. He tells the man that the first and greatest commandment is to love God, but the second is just like it. We are to love our neighbor as ourselves. It seems that unless we do, are doing a good job of loving God, we really can't do a good job of loving others. Does it feel to anyone else that there seems to be fewer people out there, as there seems to be fewer people out there loving God, there seems to be a lot more hate in the world? Do you think there's a correlation there between people moving away from God and the increased amount of hate in the world? We are the role model for others to look to, to draw people to Jesus. But this is saying 
that if, we do, if, we, if we're not doing a good job of loving God, then it's hard to do a good job of loving others. You see, there's a prioritization that God lays out for us in this passage. He even says it in verse 40. He says, all the laws of the prophets depend on getting these two first things right. Right? That's what he says. They are our big rocks. The rest are smaller stones or pebbles. We can't let this get out of order. Jesus said that nothing should come before loving God. Nothing. And our second highest priority as laid out by Jesus is that we have to be loving each other and ourselves. So the question is, do you believe the red letter verses in the Bible? Do you believe the red letter verses in the Bible? Do you believe in what Jesus told us? And if you do, we have our highest priorities. Our two highest priorities are set for us if we choose. Now, what about the rest of our priorities? If we are a follower of Christ, one easy way is to, uh, is to figure out where to put our energies and our resources in is by asking a simple question. Is this thing I'm looking at, is it eternal or is it temporary? To spend time focusing on serving others is helping in the eternal realm, right? To spend time focusing on building a massive 401k is something we can't take with us when our life's over. I'm not saying that financial security is bad at all. It's a good idea. As long as you've got your eternal things in order. Don't be spending time doing world-based things when your eternal things are not in alignment yet. If they're not in the jar yet. Does that make sense? Paul understood this important distinction when he wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 28, or 18 rather. He said, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. He's saying that the things that we can see with, um, <laughs> he's saying the things that we can see will one day pass away while things that are unseen will go on forever. Here's a question for you. But which one is easier? Which one's more fun? Which one gives us that instant gratification we want? The eternal stuff or the temporary stuff? It's the temporary stuff, right? So the temporary stuff has a leg up on getting our attention. And this means that unless we execute some kind of plan... We'll continue to focus too much on the pebbles in the sand. Just like the world wants us to. The world parades things in front of us to heighten our desires and, and lessen our self-control. That's their whole plan. Right? So a plan that we can execute to help us focus first on God, on living a life that's pleasing to God, on investing in eternal things more than worldly things, that's what we need. And oh, by the way, it needs to be easy and convenient because if it's not, we probably won't stick to it. Let's be honest, right? Life is busy. It's hard. Well, folks, I've got, I'm going to shift gears. I've got a confession to make. You know, 
I violated one of the main rules that we had at Franklin when I was there when I asked you to do the fruits of the Spirit exercise. I was basically deciding for you what your life priorities should be. And no person should be doing that for you. You have to decide what your priorities are. And until you do that, the world can easily sway you. Someone can tell you your priorities all day long, and you might want to stick to it, you might try to stick to it, but unless you decide that truly is your priority, it's not going to work. Now, God has expectations of what our big rock should be, right? He told us, point blank, your number one priority is love God. Your number two priority is love people and yourself. That's what your priorities are supposed to be. doesn't mean they are. He gave us free will. But that's what he wants them to be. Now, when I sent out that exercise, and I, and I assumed that this will be our priorities of some of our big rocks, I meant well. I was assuming that moving forward with the fruits of the, of the Spirit was going to be a high priority for all of us. The Bible's told us that it's key to becoming more like Christ, and that's why we're all here, isn't it? To be more like Christ today than we were yesterday. But I also know there's, if you go back a couple of weeks in our sermon, there's a lot of stinky stuff happening in people's lives, right? There's a lot of distraction going on. There's a lot of challenges. And maybe you can't get to that point yet. I don't know. But there's a lot going on in lives. But if you're thinking that you want to grow in the fruits, I'll let you in on a little secret. Doing what I've asked us all to do with this fruits of the Spirit exercise Reading this sheet of the fruits of the Spirit at least once in the morning and once in the evening, this is an exercise that has been proven, scientifically proven, to impact your daily actions, your decisions, and your behaviors to be more and more in line with whatever it is you're working on. In this case, the fruit of the Spirit's. You can sit there and say, oh, it's a bunch of malarkey. No, it's not. It's psychology. Simple psychology. Why is it we just did the Apostles' Creed and the Lord's Prayer, didn't we? Why is it in the Apostles' Creed? It's written to say, uh, we believe in. Why doesn't it say, those who believe or we should believe in? Maybe someday we will believe in. It says, we believe in. And we say it every week. Why is that? Why is it that Jesus taught us to pray and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us? Why doesn't it say and forgive us our trespasses and help us to be more forgiving? Why doesn't it say it that way? He taught us to pray as if we're already forgiving everyone. Anybody accomplish that yet? Anyone out there that doesn't hold a single grudge against anybody? Come on, I know we've got those ultra saints out there. No, we're not there yet. But every week we say we are, right? As I forgive everyone who has sinned against me. Why do we say that? Those are self-affirming statements, folks. 
We are more apt to forgive if we commit to God that we are forgiving. Sometimes the cart comes before the horse, people. We are more apt to love God and love people if we tell ourselves that, the love, that love is at the core of our faith and it's who we are. We're more apt to love people if we tell ourselves that. Did you know that? It's psychology. It's how our brain works. It's how God wired us to be. So we're going to close today with me asking again, and this time a little rephrasing it. If you want to draw closer to God, if you want to become more like Christ, if you want to have your life show the results of living out the charge in Matthew 6, 33, put God first and watch the worldly parts of your life work out a bit better, then please review the Fruits of the Spirit handout we have. Like I said, there's more out there if you don't have it anymore, but please review that sheet at least once in the morning, at least once in the evening. If you really want to put that improvement on steroids, maybe once in the afternoon, maybe meditate a little bit on it. Invest a little bit more in it. And if you do this for 21 days without missing a single reading, don't cheat. And you don't see a difference. Come talk to me. I'll help you out. But if you start to see a difference after 21 straight days without missing, without a miss, don't stop. You're on your way. It's not just a 21 day. If you're doing something that's worked, that's helping you grow, that's making a difference in your life, you don't want to stop that, do you? And if you can't seem to get 21 days without missing, That's what today was all about, people. You should figure out what's sneaking in there as a higher priority. Why is it that you can't seem to spend that four minutes a day? And I don't say that in a sarcastic way. You see, evil forces don't want us to do this stuff. They're going to toss all kinds of stuff your way to make sure that you don't. So something's getting in your way. And it might be that you're just not ready to do it yet. If you don't believe it help, if you don't really want to do it, it's not going to make a difference for you. But if you want to do it, if you've decided this is a priority for you and you want to grow in the, in the, in the fruits of the Spirit, do this exercise. And it'll make a difference. So let's make sure that the things that receive our time, our attention, our energy, and our resources are things that we've decided for ourselves, no one else can decide for you, you've decided for yourself that that's a big rock for you. Don't let your big rock sit outside the jar and you're filling it with, with sand and pebbles. If our priorities are centered around God, as it says in Matthew 6.33, everything else seems to have a way of working out or at least becoming smaller concerns. And that's what having better priorities is all about. Thank you, everybody.